Are you struggling with kids fighting, yelling, and more despite listening to the podcast and reading all the books? Parenting can be so overwhelming and exhausting. You know, I see you and I have something that will help. Mindful Parenting SOS. I'm offering free live mindful parenting sessions starting Monday, May 6th. Basically, live mindful parenting lessons that you normally have to pay for. So if you struggle with getting your kids to listen, tantrums, misbehavior, and feeling the guilt of yelling at your kid, then you should definitely get your spot in Mindful Parenting SOS. I'll be there to answer your questions in person, and if you can't make it, we will have replays available. Don't wait to get your spot now. It's free. Go to mindfulmamamentor.com slash SOS to register. That's mindfulmamamentor.com slash SOS. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode 124. Today we're talking about how to go from a sense of lack to enjoying abundance. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you are thriving, when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields, Mindful Mama Mentor. I coach overstressed moms on how to cultivate self-awareness in their daily lives and to take family and life to a new level of peace and cooperation. I've been practicing yoga and mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting Course, and I'm the mom of two girls ages 8 and 11. Yikes. Holy moly. (laughs) Hey, welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. So glad to connect with you again. I can't wait to dive into this podcast, this topic of abundance and and lack. And and before we dive in, if you're new, I just want to give you a special shout out, special welcome. And I want to give those who have been leaving iTunes reviews a special thank you for the iTunes reviews as well. In this episode, we're going to be talking about a Something I see a lot in my clients and I see a lot as a, as a problem um, happening just generally in the world. And, you know, it's really interesting. Um, Oprah, I think she used to say there's only two emotions. There's love and fear. And sometimes I think about it, it that way. In some ways, like everything we, every way we approach things, it, it, it really does either come from sort of this sense of love or this sense of fear. So today we're going to talk about how to go from this sense of lack to this sense of abundance. And we're going to talk about three big ways. Uh, I want you to stay tuned for three big ways that you can put yourself into a state of, of abundance, of appreciation more. But, you know, it's, it's, we're also, we're also going to talk about how easy it is and to be in a state of lack and, and sort of fear and worry and all that, that stuff we fall into. It's so normal and so common. And, um, I absolutely see it myself. I'm certainly not perfect in this and I see it in my clients and, um, and we're going to talk about a little bit about why this is, but I think it's, um, sometimes it can be especially hard for moms, we get to this place where we're, we've, we're sort of isolated, right? Like we're, we're, we're no longer in our tribe with aunties and uncles around and, and you know, where you get a break and, and it's so intensified and, you know, you're, you're, you see social media where everybody's like, oh, it looks like everybody else is doing so great. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so it's it's really easy to be there. I mean, I can remember, I can remember sitting in the playroom with Maggie when she was two years old, and feeling so stuck there, feeling so like, oh, like what can I do to sort of get out of this? You know, I was alone with my you know demanding daughter, pretending to be interested in what she was doing, but for that moment anyway, like really just wanting to be somewhere else. I was bored. And at the time I wasn't doing work that I loved. I didn't have enough time for myself and all I could see were barriers. So that's all I found. I wonder if you can relate. (laughs) So looking back now, 
I can really see that I was in a mindset of lack and a mindset of scarcity. My brain was really stuck in a negative feedback loop. And the more I focused on my frustration, the more my frustration grew. So I headed for the chocolate in the pantry, and there was a lot of chocolate eaten in those days. Uh, yeah, you know, the, that mindset, it, it's, it's definitely revisited me in plenty of stages along the parenting journey. When all I wanted in the world was for my child to cooperate with me, all I saw were the things she did wrong. <laughs> and then the more problems I saw in her, the more problems I saw. You know, I just kept seeing, uh, you know, my critical mind, you know, would go into overdrive and I would see these problems. And I definitely, definitely see this in um, a lot of parents I work with um, in Mindful Parenting Course and also in my coaching programs. Um, and, and when I, you know, and I've definitely been there for myself when I started blogging, uh, when when the girls were younger and I, and I started to kind of uh, lead with the thought, you know, I don't have enough time for this. Ha ha ha. <laughs> All I saw was how busy I was. And I really squeezed things in, writing out my frustration at the playground in my little black and white need notebook. You know, I, I just really feeling like uh, stuck in the, in that place. And each time I fell into the scarcity mindset, I felt stuck and hopeless. I wanted things to be different, but I didn't know what to do, except maybe that whole American thing, like, just work harder the American way, right? Be busier, squeeze more in. Um, so maybe that's what I did, you know. But each time I would look at others and my mind would judge and compare, and always with my own situation kind of coming up short. Uh, I wonder if you can relate. Do you get this way sometimes? And sometimes we can find ourselves in this place of wanting and needing and desiring, and, and sometimes this place feels really desperate, heavy, or never-ending, and you can't see your way out. And, you know, whether you are experiencing or starting to notice yourself focusing on what's missing or going wrong or in, and this can be in noticing what's missing or going wrong in a lot of different areas in your life. It could be focusing on, you know, low funds, um, arguing with your partner about what's not being done or done, you know, wrong. Um, your child being unruly and difficult with you. You might be focusing on feeling lonely and like you don't have enough support and love you know, within your friendships and your partner. You might be focusing on that feeling like you, you, you need to find, uh, you might even want, be wanting to find a, a significant other, right? Or you might feel stuck at work and, and hate your job and wonder why other people to kind of get to live this life of their dreams and, and you don't, right? Uh, we, we can get stuck in this really heavy place of this mindset of wanting and needing and feeling, feeling really stuck. And this, you know, the list can go on and on. We, we don't want to, we don't want to stay there for too long. I mean, really the, this, it's really a scarcity mindset. And the scarcity mindset is driven from a really um, tenacious false belief. And just a, as a side note, a little note about beliefs, right? What are beliefs? When we're in them, we just think this is just the way things are. But really beliefs are, uh, you know, the thoughts that we think again and again, and that we, you know, we choose to believe them and live our life by them. But they're just simply stories that we tell about the way things are. And we say, this are the way things are, right? So these sort of false beliefs can pop into our head. And when we're in them, it's like we're under the waterfall <laughs> and we're in the water and it's just, we're just totally wet and soaked in it, right? We're, we don't, we're like fish, you don't see the water. And, and hopefully things like this, this podcast and mindfulness and things can help you start to see these stories, these that we tell ourselves as sort of the framework for the way we look at our world. Okay. So like a little kind of side note on that scarcity mindset is definitely one of them. 
It's, it's driven from this false belief that the universe is like a pie. And when one person takes a slice, then there's less for the rest of us. And it's, if you're, you have this false belief, then you're not alone. It's really common. And it's really, our culture kind of works from this place that there's only so much to go around is, is what our, our culture sort of leads from. But the truth is, like, you just look at the weeds growing up in the cracks in the sidewalk and you start to see, oh my gosh, there's so much. The, the universe is actually always growing and life is always flowing and, and, and becoming more and more. It's really amazing. But this belief, this, this scarcity belief, this, this only one piece of pie or, you know, get your piece of pie kind of belief and that, that leaves less for the rest of us, that mindset can really leave you feeling like a victim. And when we're in this place, we blame others, we blame our circumstances, we blame ourselves for our state. But feeling like a victim doesn't empower you to make a change. When you're feeling stuck and hopeless and like a victim, then you're not in a great place to make some change. Uh, in the in your life and, and how you're experiencing this world. Parenting can be loud, stressful, and rough some days. And we want to be able to go to bed and take care of ourselves in a really beautiful way. And that's why I love that Cozy Earth is a sponsor of the podcast. Cozy Earth offers bedding products that will transform your sleep. The bedding is temperature regulating, which is like a huge sleep benefit, has superior softness, incredible fabric, and incredibly high quality. All the products come with a 10-year warranty. Truly, incorporating Cozy Earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and your overall wellness. You deserve to treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence after all the day's craziness of parenting with cozy earth bedding and sleepwear. And it's a way to prioritize your self-care and sleep health. You deserve it. And here's an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for our listeners. Use the code MINDFUL35 for 35% off. That's awesome. At CozyEarth.com. That's coupon code MINDFUL35 for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And this season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. And scarcity can also cause suffering when actually our lives are going really well, right? This idea that there's only so much to go around can actually drive us to feel guilty for our own happiness, I have a client I was talking to about this the other night. She, her life's going really well. Like she has four wonderful kids. Like she, she loves them. She has a job she's really happy with. She has family and friends and all these things. She doesn't feel like she's allowed to enjoy this. She's like, because if she, uh, because other people are suffering. So who is she to enjoy her life? Does this strike you as a little strange? Maybe you feel this way too, actually. And, but it, it's really, and I've definitely felt this way for sure. But, but it's kind of crazy, you know, when we, if, if other people are suffering, we can't be 
miserable enough to help them be happy. <laughs> you can't get sick enough to make someone healthy. You can't get poor enough to make another person rich. And, and you, really, you really can't be unhappy enough to make others happy. In fact, when you, this really points to the problem with the only so much pie to go around mindset because the truth is that you know when you're around a happy person that's infectious and it grows and it makes that happiness grow in you and when you're around somebody who's really miserable right like that misery that kind of you feel that energy too so actually when you make yourself happy when you make yourself contented and peaceful um you you make more peace in the universe for all of us. You're doing something that's great for all of us, right? So why, do, why is this the way it is? Why do so many of us suffer from this scarcity mindset? And one of the things that really, for me, I, I see in the, as a reason for this is our innate negativity bias. Your brain is simply built with a greater sensitivity to bad news. And this bias is so automatic that it can actually be detected in the early stages of the brain's information processing. So there were studies done by this guy named John. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to mess up his name for John. Cacciopo. Cacciopo at Ohio State University. Sorry, John. <laughs> and he showed people pictures that were known to arouse positive feelings like a Ferrari or a pizza and those to cert certain to stir up negative feelings like a mutilated face or a dead cat and those known to produce neutral feelings like a plate or a hairdryer. And then while he did this, he recorded the electrical activity in the brain's cerebral cortex that reflects the magnitude of information processing taking place. So how much, how, how much, you know, the brain is focusing kind of on this thing, right? So he demonstrated that the brain reacts much more strongly to negative things. And there's this huge, much greater surge in electrical activity. And so our attitudes are more heavily influenced by downbeat news than good news. And this is, this is this innate negativity bias, right? This, this capacity to, you know, put much more importance on the negative evolved for a really good reason, to keep us out of harm's way. And, you know, from the dawn of human history, our very survival depended on our skill at dodging danger. So it's much more important to be aware of the tiger in the bushes than to enjoy the beauty of the sunset. So it's just something to really understand about ourselves that we, we have this normal, natural thing that is, our brain is going to focus more heavily on the negative. But what's cool for us is that we have da -da -da -da, neuroplasticity. And we have a wonderful, amazing practice called mindfulness. And neuroplasticity is the brain's ability to, you know, develop new connections throughout life, ability to grow and change and create new strengths. And what, what neuroplasticity and mindfulness teach us is that what you practice grows stronger. It really comes very simply down to that. So, we we're going to get we're getting to our first number one way to kind of really go from a sense of lack to abundance and you're going to be so shocked and surprised to hear this from me you do you hear the sarcasm meditation mindfulness <laughs> number one so we can grow our compassion our awareness and our ability to appreciate enjoy life we can make that uh, we can make that those are muscles that we can actually grow stronger and and make them more likely to sort of be fired off that ability to appreciate and enjoy life. And one way to achieve a more positive outlook is through meditation. People meditate regularly, like Buddhist monks, have different neural structures. 
And this is according to research by a guy named Fadel Zaidan. Um, and he's a research fellow in the Department of Neurobiology and Anatomy at, Wake, at the Wake Forest School of Medicine. Okay, So he's really looking at the brain. And he says that they have brain regions that can process much higher levels of compassion and awareness than a normal person. And a landmark study from 2008 found that experienced meditators have in, had increased brain activity while hearing emotional sounds like crying or laughter than those with less experience. So it turns out that the act of meditation actually trained them to be more attuned to the needs of others. And research also suggests that these and other changes translate to lower levels of stress, lower levels of anxiety, and greater well-being. Wow, you increase your compassion for others and you increase your own sense of well-being. Pretty amazing, right? All without side effects. <laughs> and you don't need to meditate for years on end to start reaping these benefits. One study showed the brain transformation after just eight weeks of regular meditation. So it really doesn't take that long. But this elevated mood and enhanced sense of awareness isn't something meditators only experience while sitting with their eyes closed. And, and I can absolutely attest to this. This is something I've been really experiencing in my own life. So this is what that researcher, Fadel Zaidan, said. He said, the more you sit in meditation, the more your everyday non-meditative life looks like meditation. In everyday life, this might mean that you have an easier time shrugging off worries and that setbacks from traffic jams to major temper tantrums in your child, they don't hit you quite as hard. And so this is why I talk about meditation for us, for parents with busy lives, it, it, why it's so important. It, all of these things, like helping us reduce anxiety, helping us reduce reactivity, and then also being able to let go of the small stuff because we are, have a barrage of difficult things heading our way as parents. And we, you know, to be able to shrug off worries and setbacks uh, more easily is a really, really important quality for us, right? So with meditation, your brain is effectively being rewired as your feelings and thoughts morph towards or more pleasant outlook, your brain is also transforming, making this way of thought a little more of a default. And I want to throw in another thought in here about meditation. When we sit in meditation, we can't, it's kind of impossible, like we can't strive and work harder the American way, right, to make it better. And in fact, when we do that, what that does, it leaves us really spinning our wheels and stuck. We're, and this happens to a lot of people. We're trying and we're trying and we're trying. And then we're like, oh, I can't do this. And I can't, quote unquote, clear my head. And you're not supposed to clear your head. So don't try. If you, if you do, you're, you're, you're either dead or enlightened. So it's, we're gonna, our brains are going to keep spinning. But we can't really strive and make it better. So it's this really paradoxical thing, and this part can be really challenging for us. Because meditation is really an art of letting go. You might see so much chaos in your mind, right? And the truth is, you can't strive and work harder to control it. And meditation teaches us that our efforts to control are useless. Instead, we can sit and observe the chaos and practice to not react to that, and practice non-judgment, practice curiosity, practice kindness with our own stuff and our own messiness. And, and, and this can give, leave us with so much compassion, right, for other people, right? And we start, with meditation, we start to see that we can just be, we can just sit there and just be, and being is enough. There's no problem to solve. There's nothing to do. Our being is enough. 
simply relaxing into the present moment is enough. And it's this paradoxical thing that as we stop striving so hard and we start to relax and let go more, then the fruits of our meditation are revealed to us, right? Meditation teaches us to surrender our striving and that, and when we do that, all these wonderful gifts of the universe are revealed to us. We, we see that we can let go of our need to control and things might actually get better and we might actually get to enjoy the abundance of life more. Pretty cool, huh? So where attention goes, energy flows. And this is really true in neuroscience. And, you know, when we start to practice meditation, we start to control our attention more. Um, so we know, we've, we've already established, right, that we have this innate negativity bias. So one thing that's really interesting, think about this idea of attention. Like if you, I've said this before, but if you look around where you are right now or you, and you start, and I say, look for all the red things and you just look around, you are going to see maybe a bunch of red things pop out. Like I'm looking around my space, I'm seeing a whole bunch of red things. So when I'm looking for these red things, they're there. I can see them, right? But now, now start to look for all the blue things. Where do you see blue popping out? Where do you see blue in your space around you? And then you start to see, oh, my goodness, there's um, all these different blue things I didn't even notice. There are all these blue things everywhere, right? So we find what we are looking for and what we practice grows stronger. So when we focus on the scarcity, when we focus on the problems, when that when we let that innate negativity bias completely run the show, you're going to find that everywhere. They're going to magnify. Um, but you can also... Uh, you can also focus on the beauty. You can fo focus on the appreciation. You can focus on, you know, the blue things versus the red things. So you can start to see, take your attention and say, what feels better? And you know what's kind of weird? I'm, I'm giving you permission right here to focus on what feels good for your body. Because you know what? Your feeling, your feelings, your feelings of feeling good <laughs> those are good signs. Like those are signs that you're in a place that's healthy, that's healing, where you can be helpful to other people in the world. And when you're feeling bad, those are, that's a sign that you can start to shift and start to change things. Bad feelings, those are just signs that, that there's, there's something to shift here. There's something to learn from. There's something to, something to, to, uh, to change. And we can focus on, um, we can start to, you know, find what we're looking for, okay, and start to focus uh, what and what we focus on, you know, will will magnify, right? Um, and sometimes when we focus on the problem, we expand it. Sometimes we need to shift our attention kind of completely out of it. Like when your child is, you know, where you're just stuck in a loop and you're in a dynamic where you're with your relationship, everyone's being so critical and you're so frustrated and you start to see more of the annoying things they're doing. As we focus on the problem, we make it worse. We literally would, because of our attention, we're on the problem. We're making the problem worse. And I certainly have seen that in my own life. But then if I can, if I can be the one to change the dynamic, if I can then start to focus on what am I appreciating about my child? If I can start to notice what they're doing right, if I can start to uh, let them have their mistakes and, and focus on myself and my own happiness a little bit more, you know, it's amazing as I start, as you start to, as I start to shift that dynamic, things get better. What I focus on grows. If I focus on what's working, that can really grow too. So I'm, my first most important call to action for you is to start your own regular meditation practice. It really changes the way you relate to the world and the way you think, right? And you can, I have lots of resources, resources for you to do that over at Mindful Mom, mom at mindfulmamamentor.com, including you can go to actually go to mindfulmomguide.com and there's a great teaching resource for you to start your own practice. And there's a whole bunch of wonderful um, 
resources for you on my website. So use them. There's all kinds of great things out there for you. So once we've started to meditate or started to um, gain more control of our attention, maybe things like that, maybe not once you've started to, but simultaneously, you can also choose, really be conscious about choosing abundance, about training your thoughts. And this is our number two. So choosing abundance and training your thoughts. So to enhance your your transformation, start to train your brain toward that positivity because what you practice grows stronger. What you practice grows stronger. So you can start to choose how you'd like to direct your thoughts. And, and so for me, most mornings, my practice is to sit in meditation. And then immediately afterwards, I practice affirmations. And affirmations are great, right, post-meditation because you're, you, you're, brain is a little bit more receptive. And then I start to practice what are the thoughts that are actually helpful in my life that make me feel good, that help make me more uh, capable and able to do this work that I love to do, which is sharing this wonderful stuff with you, sharing about mindfulness and mindful parenting and all this stuff and to be able to have the courage to reach out to you. So I use affirmations in the morning to do that. And, um, if you are in a state of scarcity, I have two wonderful affirmations for you to work with, okay? And the first one is, it is safe for me to enjoy life. It is safe. Say this with me to yourself. It is safe for me to enjoy life. And it's wonderful to put that, it is safe for me in the beginning, because that kind of cuts through our, our fear mindset. And it's safe for me to enjoy life. So it's just about giving ourselves permission to really be present, to feel good, to enjoy life, to enjoy our kids, and to not always be constantly doing and achieving, etc. Right? To enjoy the fruits of our labor, to enjoy them every day as much as we possibly can. And in fact, the more we enjoy them, the more we bring joy and happiness and peace into this world. So it is safe for you to enjoy life. So I invite you to write that down on a post-it note, post it up in your car, say it in the morning, say it in the evening, train your brain to let yourself uh, start giving yourself permission to enjoy life. And if, if you've been stuck in a deep negativity loop, this can start to bring you out of that. It's a little jolt, the opposite. We're just watering those good seeds. The second affirmation for you to work with is Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Things are always working out for me. And this is kind of a fun one because 
you're going to, as you, as you start to use the affirmation, things are always working out for me, you're going to look for evidence of that in your life. Your brain will start to look for evidence of that. And you know, as we just talked about, what you look for, you find, and you're going to find the evidence of that. So I invite you to say it with me now. Things are always working out for me. And try it again later when you have some time to just think about like, well, yeah, you know what? Actually, I live in the United States, meaning I'm one of the, I'm one of the top, I'm in the top 2% of like wealth in the world, right? And, uh, and I have, you know, maybe you have wonderful, healthy children. You're going to find all these things that uh, are the evidence of things working out for you. So the two affirmations to work with when you're in a state of scarcity are, it is safe for me to enjoy life and things are always working out for me. I love things are always working out for me because, you know, I have those worries and anxieties too. And when I start to remember that things are always working out for me, I'm like, oh yeah. And I get to a place where I can do my work in the world and I can reach out to you and I can connect and I can <clears throat> do things like put on retreats and take people to Costa Rica and, and do all these crazy things, right? Because when I come from a place of things are always working out for me, it's safe. It's safe to, to step into a bigger place. It's exciting. All right, so we've talked about meditation. We've talked about choosing abundance and cha- training your thoughts. And our final third thing is practicing appreciation and practicing gratitude. So yesterday, I was in a funk in the afternoon. I had been up since early in the morning. I took my youngest daughter to a horse show, and I was like cold and tired and smelly, uh, like the barn, and I was feeling tired and feeling out of it. And we were going to an outdoor um, vow renewal party uh, for some good friends of ours, but it was cold. Okay, so it's June here, you guys. And it was cold. It was like 58 degrees out and it was raining. Oh, it was like, oh my gosh. So I just was not, I was how with this rain. I was feeling ambivalence. I was kind of in a crabby mood anyway. I was frustrated with my daughter. Um, and so I go to this party just feeling kind of this ambivalence, holding my umbrella, walking along, <laughs> all bundled up in my sweater and things. And um, and then I just get to this party and there's like all these, you know, tents and tarps up and the ground is muddy. But the, you know what? It was, my friends were in such a state of beauty and appreciation of the world. And you know what? Even though they, it's raining heavily. I, I'm sure, I think they must have invited about, a hundred people to this party and all of them came and we all like, we, we, I was passed a little, little dram of whiskey, which warmed me up and we all sort of squeezed into their house, which is kind of tiny. And we celebrated their union and we celebrated love and we celebrated the abundance and we laughed at the rain. And this could have been this miserable place, but because I was surrounded with these people who were in an abundant mindset, who are in an abundant mindset of gratitude and appreciation, it changed it for me. Appreciation, gratitude. This is another way to really start to combat that negativity and bias, right? To just water the opposite seeds. And I really invite you to start a gratitude practice of your own. So I've, one of the first books I got that I ever got about, um, you know, self-development or anything like that. It was when I was a teenager, maybe a senior in high school, and I got this book called Simple Abundance. And I've been keeping, uh, writing down five things I'm grateful for almost most nights since then. I have these journals of this. And it makes a big difference in your life. And research shows that it makes a big difference too. Um, practicing to appreciate, practicing to train our minds to appreciate your life right now, exactly as it is, it's really the fastest way to see the abundance in your life. But you know, you, you don't have to take my word for it. Research really proves it, right? So gratitude improves our psychological health. It, <clears throat> it reduces 
a multitude of toxic emotions ranging from envy to resentment to frustration and regret. And um, this research, gratitude researcher, Robert Emmons, he's conducted multiple studies on the link between gratitude and well-being, and his research confirms that gratitude effectively increases happiness and reduces depression. So as you start to look around and see what you appreciate and what you focus on grows, you, you really increase your happiness, make your life more enjoyable. And um, gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. So what does that mean? Grateful people are more likely to behave in ways that are helpful. Uh, they call it in the research pro-social manner, right? So they, even when others behave not so kindly, there was this, uh, there's this 2012 study by the University of Kentucky and participants who ranked higher in the gratitude scales were less likely to retaliate, retaliate against others, even when given negative feedback. And and they experience more sensitivity and empathy toward other people and a degree, decreased desire to re seek revenge. So it really makes a big change in our psychology and well-being is this appreciation. It really can start to change everything because what you focus on grows stronger as you, you start to train the brain to, to grow stronger. So... There it is, my friend. Thank you so much for staying and hanging with me in here. This, this, this lack, right? We get into this lack mindset, but we can change our mindset and focus and grow our sense of abundance, our sense of joy of enjoying life. And the top three ways I, I really think are three things that are just so essential for this that make all the difference in the world that made a huge difference in my life and my client's life um, is number one, meditation, practicing mindfulness, being able to start to, you know, change the way we look at things, understanding where our thoughts are going rather than kind of be led around by them and effectively rewiring your brain uh, and so practice it so that you can practice more non-judgment and curiosity and kindness and, and enjoy the abundance of your life. Um, and you can go to mindfulmomguide.com to practice that. And then number two, to, to train your thoughts, to really make an active, intentional choice to choose abundance. So if you make this choice to choo train your thoughts and choose abundance, you're going to start to find it everywhere. It's amazing. You know, I'm like, I look at the trees outside my window and, and the life that just bursts forth that we have to whack back with a weed whacker because it's so abundant. Uh, you know, you might see, you're, you're going to start to see it everywhere. I mean, really just look after you listen to this today, walk around, look, see the life just bursting forth. This is no limited pie. This is like the more there is, the more there is, right? So use those affirmations. It is safe for me to enjoy life and things are always working out for me. And as you're going to, what you focus on, you're going to start to find it. You're going to start to find it. I guarantee it. You're going to find evidence for their truth. And then finally, practice that appreciation, practice gratitude. Sometimes when I'm in a funk, I will say to myself, I'm, I'll go for a walk. I'll say, I'm grateful for my legs that are walking. I'm grateful for my shoes. I'll start to list the things I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for they have this nice path to walk on. I'm grateful that I live in a safe place where I can walk. Um, you know, I'll just start to list all the different things because we just tend to overlook it. And that's very normal and natural. It's that negativity bias. That's just the way it is. So we have to just be very intentional about practicing the opposite, right? And, and as you practice gratitude, you're going to um, increase your happiness. It's, and, and as you increase your happiness, you know what? You're going to have more happiness to give to your kids, to your partner, to your friends, to the world. Um, and the wonders of life will just really start to open up to you. And it's really beautiful. So thank you so much for listening to this 
podcast today, this episode about moving from lack to abundance. If you have any ahas, you have any insights, feel free to email me and let me know. I love getting your messages and I usually respond to everyone. So um, at hunter at mentor.com or hit me up on Facebook or Twitter. I think at Twitter I'm at Hunter C Yoga, sort of random. And um, I'm on Instagram, I'm on all those places. Uh, so you can you can find me and let me know. And if you like this podcast, I really I feel so grateful for the uh, uh, abundance of reviews and ratings. But you know what? If you haven't led one, I would l- left one. I would love to have your review. It really makes a big difference for people who are trying to find the podcast or trying to find something. And we want to sh- you know water their good seeds too. And so the more we sh- share it around, the more this community of people who, this tribe of amazing mindful mamas who are just, you know, perfectly imperfect, working on just good enough and letting ourselves let go a little bit and enjoy life grows. And we want to grow that, right? Let's, let's grow it more widely. It, it only helps all of us. So, oh, well, it's my computer. So, please, please do share it. And um, (laughs) you're going to hear some banging as the podcast goes on this this summer. I got someone building a house near me. Oh my gosh. Um, I am working on the book this summer. And I have uh, just as an update, I'm working on the book. I'm so excited. Got my uh, chapters. First chapter is going to be due to New Harbinger. I'm really excited about that. So I'll keep you updated as to my progress as the book goes along. I am, I have filled, we've filled those two group coaching spots, but I probably could have one or two um, one-on-one clients for the summer where I'm trying to focus on the book. But if you would like to take the summer to transform your life, I work with women one-on-one for uh, either three months or six months or the year of transformation. And if you're curious about that, you want to talk to me more about that, um, then go ahead and email me at hunter uh, at mindfulmamamentor.com or go to the work with me page and you can find out more about it, what past clients have said. And I, I do have to say that when I have taken the leap to jump in and invest with a one-on-one coach, it really makes a huge difference. It's a huge shortcut to my growth, to my ability to, to enjoy life and to be there for my kids and to improve my relationships and all of those things. So it can make a huge difference. And, and I work with all kinds of people, you know, I work with, I've worked with, um, you know, everyone from Montessori teachers to accountants to stay-at-home moms uh, to all kinds of really amazing women. So you can check them out if you want to check them out at the coaching page. You can just go over to work with me. And then otherwise, uh, the Mindful Parenting Teacher Training, if you're interested in that, email me. We are trying to get going that first round of teacher training and we don't have CEUs available yet, but actually that is in the works now. We've had so many requests for that, so that's pretty exciting. And um, yeah, yeah. And then in fall, just keep, if, if you're in the California area, keep an eye on this space because I am now starting to think about a day-long retreat in the LA, Irvine, California area um, around um, the maybe the first Friday in November. So if that would interest you, you can let me know. <laughs> so these are all the, you can keep an eye out also on um, mindfulmamamentor.com slash events, which I need to update. And um, I'll stop rambling on. I really appreciate you. I, pre- I appreciate your ears. I'm so glad we get to make this connection every week. And I can't wait for you to hear some of the amazing stuff that's coming up. I'm super excited for next week for you to hear Julie Lithcott-Hames on how to raise an adult. So make sure you hear that. And if you have any questions, uh, head to Mindful mamapodcast.com. If you want that free audio guide, go to mindfulmomguide.com. 
And I send you love. I send you wishes for your own happiness. I, I want you to enjoy your life as fully as you possibly can. And when you do that, you make things better for all of us. So don't be shy about enjoying your life. <laughs> please, please, please. All right. Have a great week, my friend. Namaste. Are you a mom who wants to feel less stressed and enjoy motherhood more? Do you want to be calmer with your kids and be more present for all of your life? I'm a mom who has gone from really being stressed and yelling when my kids were young to be having a more grounded, more at ease relationship with life and having more enjoyable, cooperative relationships with my kids. And I've shown hundreds and thousands of women around the world how to do this. And I want to show you how to do it too. So if you are currently feeling stuck or stagnant, this is definitely for you. I've created a free downloadable audible training, Mindfulness for Moms, the superpower you need. And it will show you how to respond rather than react, how to let go of stress and feel more grounded in seconds, how to have a smoother day today and become more present for your kids for a lifetime. To get on on this audio training absolutely free, simply visit the website www.mindfulmomguide.com. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.